3: Book
1: Buzz! HarperCollins Book Buzz! Check it out! Do-do-do, do do Book Buzz! HarperCollins Book Buzz! Brought to you by Library Love Fest!
2: Hello, everyone! Welcome back to the podcast. It's Lainey, and... Virginia
1: and Christopher,
2: <laughs> we're all back and for another month to tell you about Library Reads because we have exciting information. But also, this one's very special because we're doing our own—we're our own sort of musings from 195. But now it's like musings from every which way. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> we're so excited to have you. But before we get into what we've been up to, Chris, what's the exciting news?
1: Well, Lanny, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, So, the July Library Reads list was just announced, and we are thrilled to share that we have not one, not two, but three titles on the list. Wow!
4: Woo!
1: But just wait till you hear the titles, because that's when it gets really fun. So, first off, we have. A team favorite. We love this author. She's come to our conferences. We're thrilled to have her on the library reads list. It is the Lost and Found Bookshop by Susan Wiggs. Woo! Yeah!
2: Love her. Yay, we love
1: Susan, yeah, she's the best. Uh, so the Lost and Found Bookshop, title one of three. Next up, we have Survivor Song by Paul Tremblay. Woo! I love this Yay. book so much. Uh, yeah, Scary Stuff. Another scary. thrilling horror, psychological thriller from Paul Tremblay. Seriously, one of the best in the biz. I don't say that lightly. So good. So scary. So congrats, Paul. And then last, this is one that's near and dear to all of our hearts. Uh, this is one you will not forget. Memorial Drive by Natasha Trethaway. Congrats, Natasha, for a wonderful book and being selected for the list. We're honored to have it. This was our lead read for summer 2020, an unforgettable memoir by the US poet, former US poet laureate. So congrats, Natasha. So that's it. Those are our three titles, three incredible, very different titles. Something for everyone. But we're so proud of that, each and every one of our authors. So congrats.
2: What an awesome list. We're so excited to have all three authors make the July list. And Because we always do this, we are so excited to be able to do this while we're not in the office, but we like to hear from those authors. So we have some audios to play for you. First up, we have an audio from Susan Wiggs.
3: Hear that? That, my friends, is the sound of a champagne cork popping. Because when I heard that the Lost and Found Bookshop was selected for the Library Reads list, I completely shut down work for the day. I put aside my pen and paper. Yeah, I write my books in longhand. And I canceled everything except for this bottle of Veuve Clicquot I keep in the fridge because you never know when good news will strike. This is seriously the best news. I've been following the Library Reads list for a long time and now I get to be a part of it. I'm honored and humbled and proud all at the same time. And I'm only on my first glass of champagne. Hello everyone, I'm Susan Wiggs, author of The Lost and Found Bookshop. I loved writing this book about books. It was my whole life, for a year of my life, and I can't wait for people to read it. The library is one of my favorite things ever, anywhere. So many of my childhood memories are tied up with my hometown library in upstate New York. It was one of those big gothic piles with marble halls and a giant atrium a bathroom that was so fancy I was afraid of it, and acres of books that made me dizzy with excitement. When I was very small, I thought the librarian was the richest person in town because she had all those books. I also thought she was the most generous because she let people borrow whatever they liked. The library was my place to go where I could be anyone I wanted to be and where I could read anything I wanted to read. The librarian and staff always treated everyone with respect and never judged us for the books we wanted to check out, which is how I got away with reading Valley of the Dolls when I was in third grade. Based on the title, I was sure it was going to be The Wacky Adventures of Barbie and Her Friends. I think I gave up trying to read it after a few pages of some girl in a job interview, and I went back to reading Charlotte's Web. Anyway, I want to thank libraries and librarians everywhere for serving your communities. You have no idea how much that means to me as a reader, a writer, and as a human being. Now especially when we've had to stay home for so long because of this pandemic. Even though we can't go to the library in person, you've been there online, offering books and audios to download or for curbside pickup, it means the world to me now more than ever. Speaking of a girl in a job interview, here's a little about my new book. Natalie Harper, the main character, is having a job crisis we can probably all relate to. And then she has a bigger crisis, something so big and tragic that it causes her to change every single aspect of her life. She finds herself taking over the bookstore where she grew up in a vintage apartment in a historic building in San Francisco. Now she has a struggling business to support and her very beloved elderly grandfather to look after. And in spite of all the challenges, she loves it. And I do mean challenges. Sales are down, expenses are up. And her building, one of the few that survived the 1906 earthquake is falling apart. Although it's a disaster, it's also serendipitous because Natalie starts finding hidden treasures from long ago stashed away in the old building. It's a fantastic puzzle that turns into a personal quest to learn the secrets of her family from generations ago. I also added a few hidden treasures for sharp-eyed readers. The books Natalie sells in the story are books I've loved personally. Many of them are by friends of mine And here's something for fans of the Bella Vista Chronicles, readers who love the apple orchard and the beekeeper's ball. Every day, someone asks me if there will be a third book in the series. They're dying to know what became of Eric Johansson. Well, in the Lost and Found bookshop, you'll get a few hints. There's a cameo appearance by Tess from the apple orchard who comes to help Natalie identify the old artifacts found in the bookshop. I'm completely blown away by the early feedback from those of you who took the time to read and review this book. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And once again, thank you for selecting the Lost and Found Bookshop for Library Reads. Please stay safe and keep reading.
2: Oh, Susan's so great. And I love the, like, um, ASMR at the beginning with the the champagne popping.
0: I want Fouves Cliquot. I want champagne.
2: (laughs) Well, I might have some right here. Just kidding. I don't, but I will. Um, and then next we have an audio from Paul Tremblay.
4: Hi, my name is Paul Tremblay, and I'm the author of Survivor Song. In the novel, Massachusetts has been overrun by a rabies-like virus with a terrifyingly short incubation period. If the virus passes through the brain barrier, there is no cure, and the infected quickly lose their minds and are driven to bite and infect. Hospitals are inundated with the sick and dying, the Commonwealth is under quarantine and curfew. Dr. Romola Sherman, a soft-spoken pediatrician in her mid-30s, receives a frantic phone call from her friend Natalie, who is eight months pregnant. Natalie's husband has been attacked and killed by an infected neighbor, and in her failed attempt to save him, Natalie too was bitten. Her only chance of survival is to get to a hospital as quickly as possible to receive a rabies vaccine before she succumbs to the infection. Told in real time... Natalie's fight for life becomes a desperate odyssey as she and her best friend Romola navigate an increasingly hostile landscape. Sounds like fun, right? Uh, well, thank you, everyone, who, who made Survivor's Song a library reads pick for July. Uh, I'm humbled, and it's, and it's a truly incredible honor. You know, Thank you, librarians everywhere, but I do want to give a special thanks to so many of the New England libraries and branches and librarians that I've had the opportunity to talk to and meet and work with. Uh, during the last, geez, I guess, five years since I've been publishing with William Morrow. Their support has meant the world to me. I do want to give a couple of special individual thank yous. For, uh, one, to a uh, librarian, Corey Ferenkopf of the Sturgis Library in Barnstable, Massachusetts. You know, he's a big supporter of the horror genre in general. Um, and he does such an amazing job of curating you know, diverse selections of, of titles for his, you know, for his library every month, which he often posts online. Um, and I also want to give a high slash thank you to my cousin, Jennifer, who, while she's not a librarian per se, but she has worked for the New York City Public Library for the last 25 years. So she gets a high and a thank you, too. Well, thank you again, everyone, uh, for making Survivor Song, you know the Library Reads pick for July. Uh, I'm truly honored and and thank you.
2: We love Paul. That was very sweet.
0: Um, He's great. He's cool.
2: Yeah. So, and then um, we wanted to just say another congratulations to all of our authors on the list. We, and thank you so much for sending audio and congratulations. So well-deserved. Um, so that is the, that is the award ceremony for this episode. And we are moving on to our check-in.
0: So how is everybody doing? Doing okay. It's been a week. It's been a week and a half. <laughs> Our busy week last week. We had so much going on. Where to start? Where to start? Where to start? Where to start? Hmm. Our door to door, Nancy Pearl, Jess Walter. Yes. Wow. Who
2: did an amazing Instagram takeover on Friday. I was just, I felt like I was on Nancy's daily walk with her.
0: Oh my God, it was so cool. She's like taking the camera through her personal library and pulling out books and saying why she, why you should read them.
2: <laughs> the knowledge is ever and never ending it was really great
0: i know and you guys can go
2: check that out the replay now on our instagram harper library and see all about and she goes through her walk she knows her baristas by name every morning so go
0: check that out oh my god she's so funny and uh yeah and then we had our other door-to-door our anti-racist reads recommendations from librarians that were wild
1: well i was thrilled with that i thought it was just the the breadth of titles and and the wisdom from all of our guest speakers was just so enlightening i it was great it was great so where can they find that laney
2: you can find it on facebook or you can go to youtube and watch the playback and we also have a list of all of those titles which also all of these notes that we're talking about today i'll it'll be on our blog and in the show notes here so you'll have easy access to it but um i think a lot of people were excited to hear about books that they a lot of there was a lot of comments about feeling more at ease talking about this subject and how to broach topics i thought that was really cool that that's what came out of it mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and also that they, I mean, it was a Facebook Live that was hosted by Library Love Fest, but we asked librarians just to tell us, regardless of publisher, what books do you think really, you know, hit the mark? So that was really cool. That was very interesting. So a wide variety.
1: I just wanted to say that's an ongoing search. So if anyone who's listening has some anti-racism reads that you want to recommend, we're always open to that. So you can leave a message at 212-207-7773. That's 212-207-7773. Call now, please.
2: Yeah. I love that we created that a while back and it's gotten, it was of good use. We could use it for this, but just open communication lines. Anyone can let us know what's going on.
0: Yeah. And then we did a presentation to Princeton Library, which was very cool. And then we taught a class at NYU on Friday to round out that crazy week. Can you imagine us we, teaching something? No, I can't. I, I mean, when I, I, when I say it, I can't say it without cracking up.
1: Professor, <laughs> Professor Virginia, Professor Laney, and Professor Chris. And Professor. <gasps> Professor...
2: Drum roll.
1: Our special guest... Professor Bethany Johnsrude. Woo! Come on, Bethany. Come on down.
2: Here I am. Here I am. Bethany, tell the listeners who you are,
5: what you do, questions, concerns, deepest fears. Oh, I have so many of all of those things these days. I was sitting here trying to, oh, well, I'm a national accounts rep uh, at HarperCollins in sales, and I do the digital product, so the ebooks and a lot of the audiobooks. I work on a lot of those. And I was sitting here trying to think, like, I was like, oh, I'm supposed to say what I do. And I was like, you know, kind of like wrapping it to myself, like, um, what's that? That, you know, an eight mile when he's is that the movie? You know, the Eminem movie when he's like oh, yeah. himself in the mirror. I was doing that kind of, you know, trying to figure out what my job is. And I was like, how after five years do I not know how to describe my own job to people? I'm not sure. Um, but in the library world, I work with the wholesalers that librarians work with to get their ebooks and digital audiobooks for their patrons. Uh, so the like uh, the the overdrives, the baker and tailors, the hooplas of the world, the bibliotecas etc. Um, so I get to talk about books just like you guys except I just have to insert a little more math into it for better or worse. Oh
0: God, better you than me.
5: How did a theater major become such a, a competition <laughs> in her adulthood? I will never understand. Well, I thought what
0: was interesting was that when we, so on Friday when we taught this class, it was a virtual class for an hour, and we logged on and talked to these NYU students. Uh, we were taking this publishing course, and they wanted to know about library marketing, and so we told them what we do, and then we left about 15 minutes or so for Bethany to talk about what she did, and I thought the way you put it was really uh, I just, this, the way you framed it was made a lot of sense. And they basically said like, so these guys take the books and they market the heck out of them. And then it's my job to make them buy them.
5: Yes. Did I say that? That's good. Good. It was
0: good. <laughs> it was really good. It, yeah. It was just, oh. it was like, okay, they do their part and this is my part. I've got to get you to, you know, get it, buy it and have enough of your patrons and so I thought that,
5: guys. let me let me let me uh let me use a sports metaphor, which really? I'm known for. Really, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> this, you know, publishing is a game of T ball, and you guys are the T, and you make it so that I can hit home runs every single time. Oh
0: my God, I'm gonna cry. You Listen. guys make
5: my job easy, is how this goes. They're already so excited about the books. That's true. Well, the thing is that
0: you know. What we love is when you come to the conferences with us, because it's it's like it would be so weird for you not to be there. Well, first of all, it was so weird for none of us from you know to be at the annual conference, but it's I mean it's so much fun when you come because a, you know every single book, and I don't know how you do that. you digest them all in your brain. And B, you are so much fun, and we love hanging with you.
5: Same. What am I going to do without my, you know, twice a year injection of that, of that energy from that conference to get me through the fall? Ooh, yo, yo I, know. I know. I know. I know. But. It's a lot of vitamin B. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm in the, you know, in the, in the wings. Now we're moving over to some theater metaphors because this is where I'm going. <laughs> Just in the wings for librarians to use those budgets for this crazy demand that they're having to meet all of a sudden. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, everything that they did during, you know, and what they're continuing to do with this pandemic is just, I mean, they, you know, we were telling these students what they were doing. And I mean, they had to do a 180 and and think fast. How are they going to serve their patrons? Even though ALA was basically saying, you guys got to shut your doors. And so the libraries were, were shut but they're still working from home librarians and they were even bringing in they were suiting up uh bookmobiles and mm-hmm. having the bookmobiles drive around to different uh um communities that didn't have that were you know didn't have wi-fi or people were coming to the parking lots of libraries for wi-fi so still serving
5: and yeah. also still getting uh still getting people signed up for library cards which amaz- that's the story that amazes me still yeah, get your library card online.
0: Yeah. what's the programs. I mean, that's how we, we did our whole door-to-door thing because we were only doing a Facebook Live once a month and we ended up doing it twice a week, bringing in all these authors because everyone's home. And so it was, in a way, I mean, if it had to be, we were able to, you know, sort of get some visibility on authors and and also get authors who we wouldn't typically get, you know, because um, demands and, uh, you know... And, tours and stuff like that so yeah chris sent a bunch of authors out on the virtual road and we had authors come into our virtual door to door it's been amazing really
5: and i don't know about anybody else but i've found that i'm attending so many more cultural events now that i just do it from my house because there's not the added pressure of oh i need to get ready to go out oh i need to leave an hour early make sure i get there in time and
2: also, you have more time, you know, more time and thought to plan out what you're going to do. So I think that's a nice intersection, but there probably will be a, a big change for what's going to be online. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's a different world now, you guys. Bethany, what's like one of your number one favorite things that you've gone to virtually attended?
5: Oh, I just listened to, um, was it Lambda Literary? Did a talk between Samantha Irby and Glennon Doyle that was really fascinating. Oh, wow. Very funny. Yeah. And I got to say, and don't tell my boss, but on Thursdays, Thursday afternoon sometimes when I don't have much going on, and you know, I'm still working, but I'll put on (laughs) the National Theater in in London, you know, they're streaming... They're streaming some of their past plays on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I've been watching those. They did. Oh, is it Cor- Coriolanus? Coriolanus? Is that Coriolanus? Mm-hmm. I don't know. How to do that. Oh, with the- yep. Yeah. And then what's the one they did? Antony and Cleopatra. That one was so good. Yeah, and just anytime you know, authors have their. Oh, I'm you know doing this event with this bookstore tonight, and by the I you know, and if you miss it, it's available somewhere on the internet still. Right. So it's really easy to go back into their back catalogs and watch some of these things.
0: Yeah, that's pretty neat. It's pretty, it's pretty neat the way every in well, not every, but a lot of industries have figured out a way to still connect. You know, mm-hmm. really neat. Yep, totally. And raising money, the Actors Fund. The the Rosie O'Donnell did that. I watched that. Oh, yeah. They a lot of money for the Actors Fund.
5: It's really good. And they've been raising money for all the, what is it, Feeding Feeding America? Is that the, the organization yeah, that so. people have been raising money for? That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are generous. Yeah. I was just about to say that, Virginia. Are we reading each other's <laughs> minds?
0: Yes. Well, that's because we're here in Astoria, Queens. That's true.
5: There is one <laughs> mindset here in Astoria, Queens, and it is generosity.
2: Well, that was really great. We had so much fun um, presenting with you on Friday because I think what, all that we do kind of combines just to make a perfect storm of wonderful books that we get to tell librarians about. So thanks for doing that, and thanks for coming on here and telling us all about it. We want to end here and just say thank you again to Bethany and also congratulations to all of our July Library Reads winners. Uh, Chris, any goodbyes?
1: No, I just want to thank Bethany. That sure was a slam dunk on your part. So with that, I think we can bid everyone adieu.
2: Yeah, hope to see you next month for the next announcement.
1: Can't wait. See you all then.
2: Thank you for listening to the Library Love Fest podcast. For more information on this week's episode, go to librarylovefest.com. Enjoying the show? We would love to hear what you think. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Library LoveFest and on Instagram at Harper Library. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and share the show with a friend. Lastly, if you enjoy our show, we bet you'll enjoy all of the other podcasts from HarperCollins Publishers. Find a list of shows at harpercollins.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.